All right, let's welcome everybody out today to a brand new episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, episode 541. My name is Chris Hollifield. I'm with the Copper Canyon Real Estate Team. And I'm TJ Heidenreich. I'm with Cross Country Mortgage. Hey, today we have a returning guest on the podcast. I'm super excited to uh, let you guys listen to this episode. It's uh, with Alif Aiken from, uh, gosh, she is involved with all kinds of stuff. Cave Cafe is a new project that she's oh, cool. uh, involved in since the last time she's been on the podcast, plus the Divorcee Cafe and her baklava and just everything that she's got going on. I mean, we talk about that in this episode. Uh, it's been like 150 episodes since wow. she's been on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of the conversation, TJ? No, she's awesome. I yeah. mean, I can't wait to go check it out for myself. Yeah. So I made it on the, on the list to do in the next couple of weeks. Hey, the uh, website for the podcast is IamSaltLake.com. That's where you can go and listen to uh, all the episodes of the podcast. You can uh, learn more about the podcast, uh, as well as connect with the podcast on social media. But what's the best ways for people to uh, connect with you, TJ? Yeah, they can email me at TJ at MyCCMortgage.com or shoot me a text, 801-694-1733. Or, uh, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram. You know, if there's any suggestions you guys want on the podcast, any person you guys want on, uh, shoot us a direct, a direct message. Or you can email me, chris at IamSaltLake.com, or uh, my phone number is 801-244-2908. I always love a random text message or a phone call, especially from a listener of the podcast. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. Let us know what you want more of or less of. And uh, let's connect. But uh, let's get into that conversation that we had with Aleph. It was uh, awesome. it was a good one, you let's guys. So let's jump into it. Well, let's get started. Let's get right. let's get started chatting. So I went before we brought you back on the podcast uh-huh. here. I wanted to do a little bit of research of you know the first time you were on the podcast, uh-huh. episode four hundred, right, September twenty nineteen. So this was. Six months before the world shut down. I know. And uh, there's been a lot going on probably in your life since then. Since- it's been a bit of a roller coaster, whirlwind, you know. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, in September 2019, I was feeling pretty comfortable where I was, you know, I was making enough baklava wholesale, you know, I could chill with my kid, you know, I was like, all right, I'm good. And then the world shut down and all my accounts dried up and I'm like, okay, I'm not good. And it was literally like, you know, you talk about pivoting, it's either you pivot and you do a really hard pivot or what you've built for so many years dries up and dies. And you know me, I'm freaking stubborn as hell. And I'm like, well, all right, so what do I do now? And that's where I pivoted hard. So the cafe is my pandemic pivot. Because that that wasn't, you didn't start that yet when we had you on the podcast the first time. No, it was just this idea that I knew I needed a building to do all of the things that I do, because I do a lot of things. I needed a building that needed to house all the things, but I'm like, oh, that'll be, you know, when Mina's graduate or that'll be whenever. Mm -hmm. I never put like a date on it because I never honestly thought that I could do it. You know, being a single mom and being able to start a cafe and being able to do all the things on my own, I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if I can do that. That seems really, really hard. But I think when you're put in a position of, okay, well, the life you knew before is kind of gone. So now what do you do? You have to look at the hard things. Right. Well, that's like, I think the pandemic or the past couple of years, we oftentimes look at all the things that were 
diminished because of it, but we also don't look at what's come from it. Yeah, I mean, that's for awesome. sure. Where's the building located? Where, where so I am downtown. I cool. am on um, 57 South and 600 East. I'm in an old Victorian. Beautiful building. Awesome. It really is such a glorious building. And I actually came across it in June of 2020. You know, March of 2020 is when I really started to think about like what would a cafe look like and started to kind of dip my toe into the water of like, hmm. What, like, you said March of 20. That's when COVID when it broke. Yeah, it so literally, was it before or after? The, it literally it, it, was after. Really? It literally was after because everything closed down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything shut down. I went from like $2,000 a month in wholesale accounts to $50 a month. And I'm like, Wow. What do you do now? What do I do? You know, and so the first step that I said is like, all right, I'm going to do Turkish coffee. And the first step was figuring out if I could actually have someone roast and make my own brand of coffee. And then I went to Hugo Coffee. I'm like, can we figure this out? And so I brought them all of the goods and they did. They figured it out. I went up there in March of 2020. And we had all their different beans all roasted to medium roast. We ground them all for Turkish coffee grind, and we tried all six of them. I did not need to drive home that day from Park City. I could have flown home after all of that (laughs) That coffee, coffee. and we landed on a coffee. I'm like, all right, if anything, I can at least start – making and packaging and selling Turkish coffee online. At least it's a step, you know, and then just slowly trying to investigate what I could do. And then it was like, all right, what kind of funding can I find in the pandemic, you know, as a single mom and I got a Kiva loan. Okay. That allowed me to get a little social media. Like I literally broke it into these little chunks and then April and May, I'm like, okay, I guess I could kind of look at commercial real estate just to dream. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I saw this Victorian and um, I remember I saw the Victorian and I went up to my friend's mountain mastermind. She has this mountain mastermind she does every summer at her great grandmother's cabin, totally off grid. And for the last three years, I'd be going up there and they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I want a Victorian and I want to do all my things and I'm going to open my cafe <laughs> and la da 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 da. And I would say it all the time. And then I remember this particular day, it was June. It was like June 1st. I went up there and I said, I found this Victorian you know, downtown. My friend Heidi's like, so did you call it? Because you've been talking about wanting a Victorian for three years. I'm like, no. And she's like, why? I go, because then it would make it real. You know, because then I'd <laughs> have to. that fantasy right? built up in your head. Because, you know, it's one thing to have all these pictures in the head of what you want, but then when you're presented with it, you're like, oh, shit, now I have to actually do something, you know, and step right. into it. And so I called and the landlord was totally game for everything I wanted to do. The problem was he couldn't get the tenants out. There were drug addicts squatting in the Victorian at the time. Oh, like renting it out? Yeah. yeah. So this one particular tenant had rented it to make an Airbnb, but he had a slight drug problem. So it wasn't very successful as an Airbnb right. and he had friends that were squatting and because of COVID protections, he couldn't get them out. And of course, you know, I'm there going, well, I found it, but I can't get it. So you, I had to actually let go of it, hmm. you know, because I think, you know, when things get presented to you, you can either hold on to that as your only option and be like, this is it. But then if you hold on so tight, then you're not open to other things. And I didn't want to be that person to be like, I am fixated on this building. 
you know? And so I had to let it go and I had to like mourn it and go, if it's supposed to be mine, then it will. But I will also investigate other things as well because I don't want to be that closed minded about options and possibilities. And it all opened up in February of 2021, you know, and I needed the time. I think, you know, my personality is I am very impatient. I'm so impatient to get going to do what I want to do. I'm like, all right, like I got an idea. Let's go. Let's do it. I think it. most people are though. You know, I mean, especially when they have an idea. Oh, yeah. Especially business it. owners. I think. On yeah. The, right. Yeah. You know, you just want to be like, all right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I am that type of person that jumps in without a parachute and like figure shit on the way down, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I needed that extra time for sure. You know, while it was kind of in limbo to kind of figure out my way of what I wanted it to look like. And then everything just fell into place. It was really beautiful the way that it all just kind of organized itself. All right, you guys, we're going to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. These guys have been a sponsor for, gosh, a couple of years now, and I love supporting them uh, because they are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. Yes, guys, you heard me right. Medical marijuana is legal in the state of Utah. Never thought I'd see that happen, so it's pretty cool. And uh, utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical card easy. From your very first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. Yeah, with over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find your relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Again, that code is GREEN25. Use this code. It's going to save you money, but it's going to let them know that you came from the podcast. Thus, you're supporting the podcast, you guys. UtahMarijuana.org, they have locations all up and down the Wasatch Front. So depending on where you live, they have a location for you. Uh, Head on over to their website. There's a lot of great blog articles there. They got the podcast to listen to and all that good stuff. And uh, many thanks to utahmarijuana.org for being one of our awesome sponsors. This is your first brick and mortar oh, yeah. business. Oh, right? yeah. Because, I mean, you've done the other, the baklava yeah. and the divorcee cafe. Yeah, this and, is and my first that. actual brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. What a freaking adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I do not know how people build from the bottom up and, like, actual build buildings or do all of these things. Because it was very little that I had to do to actually um, modify the building to be able to do a cafe because we were grandfathered in as a food establishment because it was a bed and breakfast 10 years ago. Mm. So there was very little modifications I needed to do, but even those modifications seemed a lot that I just, I can't even fathom people having to do such structural changes to a building or start from scratch. I just would be so overwhelmed. How is business now... In the aspect of, is it what you expected? You know, we all, we all kind of have this dream or, or fantasy built up in our head of, of what something would be like if it, if it happened, right? And then once it happens, you're like, well, this isn't what I expected. So my curiosity is with this cafe, is it different than you expected running a cafe in a little coffee shop? 
or is it what you expected? You know, I don't really even think that I went in having an expectation of what it was. I'm like, I just have to do it and I'll figure it out. I think it has grown way faster than I expected. I did not expect to just grow. Just busier, you mean? Like, so like, busy. Yeah. Like, it was me. We opened. It's a good thing, It's though. such a good thing. Like, it was just me from June until September, October, just baking and cooking and running the whole thing. And then it exploded so fast that in October, I had to hire 10 people. Just like, in one month? Just had- in one month. Really? It just exp- exploded so much. And we expanded so much. Like all of a sudden in October, I have a cafe manager and a kitchen manager and operations manager and three bakers and four baristas. And I'm like, oh my God, I went from a single mom baker to now landlord because now I have tenants on the second floor that have micro businesses and I had residents living in the loft and in the basement renting and now being a manager of 12 people. It was like so overwhelming and even taking that with actually running a business Mm -hmm. and dealing because I am a high creative you know, I create it, I implement it, but all that stuff on the background, like that business stuff, so new and overwhelming. So like it literally was putting sneakers on just to keep up with everything that we needed to do. I mean, it's blown my mind how fast it has grown in eight months. Is is that stressful for you knowing that like you have these employees and you're, you know, they have to provide, you know, they, cause they probably have families mm-hmm. and they have, you know, all of this. And it's like, you're responsible for them. It, it is because it's not even just the employees, but like the whole building is called the wise dragonfly, which is a creative collective, which that, that's a perfect segue exactly. to get, go into. I wanted to get into that. So, um, I always knew that I wanted to do more to be uh-huh. able to pull mm-hmm. things in. And so cave cafe is only one element of the puzzle. You know, I've always known I needed to build a collective, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so I built the Wise Dragonfly as a creative collective and rented the second floor to different micro businesses and studios and artists. And um, that has been hard because I first thought it was going to be like a balance of like maybe healers and and linear people, business people, because I really wanted to have that co-working balance, you know, where, you know, the healers needed to be grounded by more business people and then more business people needed to be elevated because there wasn't a co-working space that provided both. It was either you are a healing community or you are a co-working business community. There wasn't that coexisting, which they need to benefit. And then I put it out there and artists showed up. So artists showed up to rent the space, which was lovely. But then all of a sudden in December, I have two artists wanting to live in their rooms. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I have to kick people out in the cold, you know, and that was hard, you know, and then trying to figure out, okay, well, this whole place is a food establishment. You want to sell retail. Now it's getting the city to understand what I'm doing to give an exception for that one little room to sell retail. So there's just all of these different pivot points that you're just like, oh, I got to figure that out. Oh, we got to figure this out, you know, and then being responsible for all of these people because their businesses rely on you figuring out and navigating all of those gray areas because nobody's doing what you're doing yet, you know? And I think that's just been hard, you know, or making enough money to pay people. 
you know, that work there, you know, and it's that fine line of, okay, we need this, but we also need to pay these people and I need help. So how do I make enough money to hire another baker because we have the demand for more food and more hours? It's all of this like chess pieces that I just didn't get that, that handbook, you know? Right. Now, did you you didn't go to school for business? No, or anything, did you? I did not. Yeah, and I'm an art history major. Right. <laughs> and on, on any, any of the other projects you've had in the past, did you have any employees before this? No, or was it, it was just me. Wow. So I literally went from self-employed baker to now like holding Operation. the strings yeah. Yeah. of all of these multiple operations at the same time, you know, and navigating the personalities because each of the operations has its own distinct personality, sure. you know, and that was something that I hadn't thought of. I mean, you have the residents that were living there and they have a personality and then you have the cafe people and they have their own personality and then you have the business owners, you know, so it's getting them all to communicate to each other and be like, all right, you need to back off. You're being a little like restrictive. So you got to back off. Okay. You need to be more open Mm -hmm. and literally just putting people in timeout so that they can all learn to coexist. You know, that I think that was the hardest thing. Cause I'm like, everybody just wants to have tea. Can't we just sit down and have tea, please? (laughs) Like, come on. All right, guys, we're going to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, the Salt Lake Barber Company. They've been a sponsor for quite a while of the podcast, so we're thankful to them for uh, being a sponsor. They are located at 10 East, 800 South, right close to downtown Salt Lake City. They're offering haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, which I've yet to have a straight razor shave, maybe one of these days. Have you ever had a straight razor shave there, TJ? I think you have to grow facial hair in order to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, they are a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing all of their barbers to always provide the highest quality experience while in the chair. They do take walk-ins, but why not just get a guaranteed appointment? You can do it really easy. Go online, saltlakebarberco.com. You select your barber, you select the services that you want, and you have a guaranteed appointment. Again, they offer haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, and uh, I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for being one of uh, our awesome sponsors of the podcast. So thank you, Salt Lake Barber Company. Let's get back into the episode. Well, you've probably grown a lot yourself, like leadership standpoint in the past year or so. So much, so much. You know, like it's so hard for me to have confrontational and awkward conversations. It's not a skill that is innate in me. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to run away from confrontational conversations so that now when I have to sit down and be like, hey, so I appreciate you doing all this, but that's not exactly what we need right now. And hey, how can we figure this out? Because this is not going to work. You know, it's so hard. I like, you know, you do like the whole (laughs) pre-exercise of going in and then you stomp your feet like a two-year-old because I don't want to, you know, and then you go in and you have it and it's never as bad as you think that it is. But I've had to have so many of those. 
So are you still making the baklava then? I am. I have a baklava baker. So I've been. So you're not making it anymore. I am making part of it and Billy's making part of it. You know, like it's been an interesting transition to like train people on how to do the baklava. That baklava is good stuff, TJ. You got to try. I mean, that stuff, it's good for, uh, for gifts Uh for like holidays or, uh, like even just a birthday gift or something. Uh Really great. uh, And now what's been really delightful is because now I have the cafe, people can come in and get one piece of this flavor and one piece of that flavor. And it was really lovely to see the excitement of like a kid in a candy store because people would always, you know, text me like, can I have three pieces of this? And I'm like, no. And they go, why? I go, because a tray of 96, I'm not going to make you a tray of 96 for three pieces. But now that I have the cafe and you can have six flavors out at a time, people can like mix and match and they love creating deli, you know, and Billy who does the baking is like, I'm going to come up with this flavor today. I'm like, all right, go forth kid and try it. You know, it's been really fun to see. And people are now starting to recognize that Cave Cafe has my baklava and they're coming and they're picking up up 40 pieces or 70 pieces or, you know, a special order for this or that. And so it's been nice to see that kind of get established. What about the uh, Divorcee Cafe? Are you still doing that? I am still still doing that. Okay, so. well, let's, okay, let's talk about that. I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if she's still doing the Divorcee Cafe. I am still cafe. trying to do it. I think the pan, it, pandemic really hit Divorcee Cafe hard. Why? You Just know? because of people not socializing, I guess? Not socializing. You know, pre-pandemic, I had um, brought Divorcee Cafe back to my house, okay. you know, and it was really starting to thrive again. I was getting like 10 to 15 people offering service. I was getting 15 to 20 people coming into my house and receiving service. Like it really was starting to, to grow again and revitalize where people were coming and they were staying to the point where they're around my dining room table at seven o'clock at night. I'm like, I love you guys. You got to go home. I got to feed my kid, (laughs) you know? And then the pandemic happened and we started doing it virtually through zoom. Okay. And I have to tell you, that was really painful to hold space for eight hours you know, for people to come on to get service. I had all my facilitators. I figured out breakout rooms, figured out all that stuff. And to not have people show up, you know, and then literally me and my team were just like talking to each other and I'd get bored. I'm like, all right, somebody's got to tell me a story because Aleph's bored, you know? And then we, I started shifting away from Zoom and I'm like, all right, we're just going to do live streams on special topics, you know, and at least it will be live and then I can invite somebody on and then they're pre-recorded. So that if somebody wants to go back and revisit that information and that worked really well for the last half of the pandemic, but getting people to now come from not, you know, being used to coming in the first Wednesday of the month to get support, you know, you know, during the pandemic to get them to come back has been really hard. I've been still holding space for Divorcee Cafe on the first Wednesday of the month from nine to five at the cafe because now I have a place to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have my team that shows up to hold space. But getting people to actually like re-engage has been hard. I also offer Tuesday topics because I'm there every Tuesday at the cafe from six to seven. And I'm just, I just am available from six to seven, whoever wants to come in and sit down and ask me whatever questions, because I've gone through the whole gamut of divorce and blending families and unblending and getting into, you know, all the things that if I don't have experience, I know people who do. 
you know, so I've been offering that space every Tuesday from six to seven. And sometimes I get a couple people and sometimes I don't. It's been a struggle to get people, you know, pandemic really um, affected socializing. People don't know how to socialize. <laughs> we don't. You no. know, and I think it was hard to socialize before, but now people are hard having a hard time reengaging with strangers, you know, and stepping out of their comfort zone because they're so used to just being alone and isolating themselves. So I am still doing it. I still have plans, but it's it's honestly been the hardest thing to revitalize for me. Share um, what is, I mean, with without going to too much, I don't want to take a ton of time, but the Divorcee Cafe. So people can, because you mentioned you meet the first Wednesday and you hold space, this and that. So people listening, if they want to take advantage of it, it's, it's if yeah, they're like, going through a divorce yeah. or going through... Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would they expect if they were so to come? So Divorcee Cafe is a nonprofit, and I have a team of facilitators through all aspects of healing that help you heal mind, body, and spirit for free. So I have divorce lawyers, I have accountants, I have life insurance, I have healers, I have massage therapists that come in and hold space, which means they pick a certain time during the day on the first Wednesday to offer their service for free. And, you know, in my experience, you don't know what you don't know when you go through a divorce and being able to be among people to be like, all right, this is what's happening and have them go, oh, wow, you really should have someone take a look at your degree for this financial aspect. Or, hey, have you looked at a life insurance person? Or, hey, have you gotten some energy work done to clear some of that out? You know, people don't know what they need when their head is all scrambled during the divorce because sure. they're at their worst. So Divorce Cafe, you can come in and ask your quick question, let's say to a divorce lawyer about X, Y, and Z, and you can leave, or you can stay and you can take advantage of all of the other services that are being offered and just spend as much time as you want. And then I have a private page on Facebook called Divorce Cafe Conversations, where during the month people can ask questions, you know, and then my whole team will answer them or people who've gone through that will answer them. And it is a valuable service, but getting people to step into getting the help that they need is hard because a lot of people like to stay in that victim mode and they don't want to get well, and mm. they don't want to find the solutions. And stepping into Divorce Cafe, you know, you're eliminating, well, I don't have any money, so how can I pay? So you're eliminating that limiting mm. belief structure. You're, you know, well, what am I going to do with my kid? Well, you can bring them. Okay, you're eliminating that. You know, so it takes them an average of three to six months of seeing it every month to actually step in because they know that we're going to hold them accountable. Yeah. Because we care about them and their well-being. Yeah. So, you know, they're welcome to come anytime. People text me all the time. You know, the meetups, you know, on Tuesday nights have definitely been helpful because they're six to seven at night. So people can come after work and just talk to me. I'm there all the time. So they can always come and talk. Does that get hard? And I I might have asked this in episode 400, so I apologize if it's it's repeat. But um, does that get hard to deal with people going through divorces 
and I don't mean that in a bad or negative way, but it, it, you know, just that it, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough time in their life. It and is. so it's, it does it pull you down too. That's you know, what I, would be I have of. very clear boundaries, yeah. you know, and I might come across as harsh sometimes okay. to people because, you know, I'll get a mom in who really doesn't want to sell finish with the divorce because she doesn't want to deal with the house. And I'll probably be like, do you really want the house? Can you afford the house? You know, and she's like, but my kids and you know this, and I want to stay home and I want to have him provide for me. And I'm like, you know, nobody chooses divorce, but this Mm -hmm. is your new normal. So there's something you're going to have to give up. And I don't really think people expect that from me, that I'm just like, you've got to figure this out. You know, your life is gone. Your old life is gone. As, as you know, harsh as that sounds like that you have to figure out and figure out where those pieces are. And if these are pieces you still want to hold, because you have to build a new puzzle, you know? And I mean, one divorce cafe for a Tuesday topic, I had two people who hadn't finished their divorce because neither of them wanted to deal with the house aspect of their decree. And one was separated for 13 years. Whoa. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Don't you want to be done? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously? Oh, you know, I just don't want to deal with having to engage about the house. Well, what are you teaching your children? You're teaching them avoidance. <laughs> just avoid conflict, yeah. You know? So, you know, it gets heavy, but I also have very clear boundaries and be like, what do you want from your life? You know, if they're going to come and they're going to complain, I kind of turn it back around. I go, I hear you. And it's hard. I get it. I've gone through three relationships in the last 20 years and it's hard and it sucks. But what do you want from your life? How are you going to use that as a learning experience to move forward? Because right now you're in the puddle. You know, like you can be feel like you're drowning in an inch of water, but it's just a puddle. It's your choice. You know, you you want things to go back to how they were. Yeah. Right. Well, you you you're gonna sit there and you're gonna you wallow and you're gonna and for some reason, I think our brains think that if we do that, then maybe it will go back to how right. it was. And right. I, and I don't know where we got. At least for me, I don't yeah. know where I got that association from. Right? It's true. It's um, absolutely true. And it's scary to to think about being alone mm-hmm. and facing the world by yourself. But also, there's a there's a little bit of an excitement there. Like yeah. the world's wide open. Like you can do so much. I had. A woman come in a couple weeks ago, and it's what they call a gray divorce, where they've been married for like 60 years. Oh, wow. And he's just like, yep, I want to be married. I'm leaving. So that would be well. You know, and she's just like, I, I don't know what to do. I go, you can live now. Because she started to explain how controlling he was yeah. on what she wore and who she talked to and what she cooked and what she did. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to reframe this. And I'm going to, like, if I was your daughter and I was telling you all the things, you know, that you're going through. But from my point of view, what would you tell me? And she's like, oh, my God, that's super controlling. And you get to live because you only have a short life. I go, so don't you deserve that too? I go, don't you get to be able to choose what you want to eat and where you want to go and what friends you get to have? And she's like, yeah, but it's scary. I'm like, yeah, but... You have to flip it from scary to exciting. 
Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because it's exciting to start something new. It's exciting to figure out where, you know, you can push yourself. I don't know. Maybe I'm the cuckoo one. But, you know, to be able to explore new things and not be so chained down because of someone else's opinion of what you should and shouldn't do or what you're capable of because you're so much capable of so much more. And I don't think a lot of people realize what they are capable of doing Mm -mm. until they're forced. Absolutely. And I think that's when the growth happens. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like when the pandemic hit for you, it was the fight or flight. Yeah. You you fought. Yeah. It's same thing. Well, you know, you look at it and I'm going, you know, I've spent the last eight years building this baklava business and there are a lot more baklava bakers in town. Since we had that conversation in 2019, there's like three or four more baklava. In, in just the last few years. Dude, there's nine wow. of us in the valley. Really? There's nine of us in the valley. That's well, just in Salt Lake Valley. Well, we're wow. not small Lake City anymore. I know we're you know? not, you know, and... So I'm like, you know, I don't want to lose that, you know, because I there's all these youngins coming up behind me. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm I proud of what I've achieved. I'm not going to have someone take what I got, and you know, as a foundation and run with my foundation. Like, I'm going to push myself to go forward. That's awesome. You know, and the next level is a cafe, mm-hmm. you know. Back to the cafe what do you know now that you wished you would have known when you started? Like, uh, things you've learned. Oh, things I've learned. Business things. I don't know. Whatever, you know. You know, I, I think the things that I've learned is that you can't always get hung up on the how things are going to get work are going to work out because you know we always have this picture in our head of how we would like it to work out and back then, to the back it, to the divorce exactly <laughs> how we want it to work out and then you know you get so paralyzed with the how because you're in the middle and you're in the trenches and you're just like how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to work this out? How are we even, how am I going to even be able to manage all of the food? You know, and you build these things up and you know what? It always works out. You know, every single time that I always feel like, cause we've, we've had to level up so much in the last eight months that there's always these, they're huge steps. And I'm like, how are we going to get over that step? And how are we going to find the money or how are we going to make enough money or how are we going to find the help? And then the help walks through the door, literally every freaking time. So I think the greatest thing that I've learned is to trust. Hmm. And I think it's really hard to trust when you're in the middle of a tornado, but you just have to trust, you know, and people, you know, Millie, my operations is like, how are we going to do this? And where are we going to do that? And, and, and I'm like, we'll figure it out. And she's like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. But it always works out. It always does. The element of trust and trusting the process is so essential because you're opening yourself up to the path to present itself. Rather than forging and pushing your way through a path you don't even know where the brush is, if you can just trust, then it just allows itself. I'm not saying it isn't fucking hard. Like, it is so (laughs) Yeah, well, what are your tips on how to trust, though? I mean, it, it's easy to say it. 
Honestly, how do you just trust the pro- how do you trust the you, process? You honestly just have to let go okay. and you just mm-hmm. have to go with what you need and take it you, you break it down to one day at a time to an hour at a time to a minute at a time and then you go if you need to take a break and have a cup of tea then you do. It literally is breaking it down and just breathing. Like it is such an element of trust and letting go. You have to learn to let go. And you also have to learn to being okay with failing. You know, I think if you're going to step into something extremely out of your comfort zone, you need to be completely okay that you're going to totally fail and flatten on your face. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Mina and I, Mina's my daughter, and she has gone through this whole thing. And there are days I'm crying on the floor because I'm so overwhelmed. And there's other days where I'm, you know, pretty chill. And sometimes she's like, Mommy, you know, I hear you talking about the numbers. Are you going to have to close the cafe? And I said, no. I said, but we need to be honest about the numbers, you know, because this is how you grow. And she's like, but it's your dream. And she's crying. I go, Mina, I'm doing this because I'm teaching you that you can do hard things. Yeah. You know, and I have to tell you, I am completely okay if I fail. I said, I put everything I have into this. I know I put everything I have into this. But if you're healthy and I'm healthy and we have the house and the dog, I'm okay if this doesn't work. You have to be completely okay that you fail. It's the only way you can have absolute trust. How can listeners of the show, how can we support you? I mean, I know it's, it's as easy. I mean, you can say, oh, just come in and get your coffee, buy your baklava. I mean, is that, is that the best way to support you? Word of mouth. I think word of mouth would, would be lovely. Yeah. You know, I mean, we get a lot of our best customers through word of mouth, you know, come in and experience it because there's something magical that happens when you walk through the doors because it is a home. It's an old Victorian home that we furnished with antiques and collectibles and really quirky, fun things that it really feels like you've gone into another world and it doesn't feel like any other place in Salt Lake City, you know, and it's a people place where people can come and rest and relax and feel loved and supported. There really is something people walk in and their eyes are like, wow, this is this is a whole other experience. You know, it's about sharing that experience and bringing people in and knowing that, you know, you could rent it if you wanted to for an event. We have a loft that we're- That's we're, good to know. Yeah, we're, we're renting out the loft as a photography studio. Very you cool. know, so it will be seating, but then you can also rent it if you want to do photo shoot sessions. You know, we're also looking to expand next door with the Victorian next door that's owned by the same owner- and fill it with micro businesses because like, you know, why not do phase one and phase two at the same time? Sure. You know, so spreading the word that we do have openings for people who want to have a micro business and need a loving community to be part of, you know, that's what I need help with because I know that other building is supposed to be ours where we can put a Turkish market on the main floor and micro businesses on the second floor and loft, but the people haven't shown up yet. So people can come in and get, can they buy your coffee then? Absolutely. Because you're, you're getting it roasted mm-hmm. then through, through yeah. Hugo uh-huh. is doing we the do roasting, bags. but you, some good Turkish coffee. Mm-hmm. We you. have Turkish coffee. We sell it individual. We also sell the ground bags. We also sell the beans and we have imported Turkish grinders that you can, you know, grind it the way that they did it 500 years ago. We import all our Turkish tea and spices direct from the spice market. So there's tea and spices you can't find anywhere else in the United States, you know, and we do bulk. 
So, you know, you can bring a jar in and fill up with tea. You can bring a jar in and fill up with spices or you can grab a bag and just go and try it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, it's good coffee too. You gotta it's go, cool. You, to, you have to come try it out. You guys will have to come down For and sure. have a treat. Yeah, uh, there's some, you know, standard Salt Lake City questions we ask on every episode. I know we asked when you were on episode 400, but I got to ask you again because they're probably different answers. You All know? right. I, you know, and, and to be honest, I... I always try to go back and listen to uh, the old episodes of returning people, but uh-huh. I didn't listen to your episode. So this will be, you know, I didn't, I, I forgot what you you said. So I'm sure. I probably forgot that, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, the, the first question is, is, you know, people visit us, they come mm-hmm. to, they come to town, they, they're from out of state and they want to tour the Valley. They want to tour the area. I mean, is there one or two favorite places you like to take people to? Like, You uh, know, there's a new place that just opened up on 15th and 15th, and it's so delightful. It is called um, Cassett Wine Bar. It's okay. by the Pago Group. So they have Finca across the yeah. street on 15th and 15th. And so it's a wine bar, and it really feels like you're in some sort of European wine bar. They imported this whole bar you know, from Europe That's or cool. some whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it just was so cool for them to say, you know, we have small bites, but if you want more food, we can just run it across from Finca. And it's something so European to be like, oh, if you don't like, we can just run it from this restaurant down there. You know, it didn't feel like you were in Salt Lake anymore. So that's been my latest discovery is the wine bar on 15th and 15th. And then, um, you know, my one of my favorite coffee shops is Sugar House Coffee. So that's one of my favorite places if I'm going to go like and hang out and have coffee outside of my own place that would be there and then um yeah anywhere else would you would you change anything about the area about salt lake about the valley if you could you know i'd really love for them to stop building stuff in sugar house <laughs> trying to cram it all I in know. there on the, you know and it's so small already it I mean, really is you know i've been in sugar house since we moved to salt lake 20 years ago yeah and it's just downtown Sugar House has just changed so much. It really has. You know, there's some for the better. Like, you know, there's definitely more breweries. There's more distilleries. Like if you had told me 20 years ago you could do a pub crawl in Sugar House, I wouldn't have believed you. But, <laughs> you know, the density with the apartments and stuff in Sugar House has gotten too much. What about the growth? I mean, what do you think of the growth in the entire valley? Is it? It's just exploded. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good thing in that it's bringing some diversity to different cultural aspects like, you know, restaurants and cafes and different sorts of small businesses because you're getting an influx of new people, but it's also pricing out what made it like the family community that Salt Lake was 20 years ago. You know, it's Small Lake City. Yeah. You know, I'm from Rhode Island, so you can fit all of Rhode Island into small <laughs> into Salt Lake. And my friends in Rhode Island are so amazed at how Salt Lake City is so small that everybody knows everybody. Like, it really right. does. They're just amazed at the connections that people have in such um, diverse, like, business arenas. Like, how does that person know that person to that knows that person? Because, you know, it's so big. But it, that's what makes Salt Lake City such a community, you know, where everybody's there to help you. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're losing that by creating so much more density because they're not getting the connection anymore. It's it's a hard thing to know what the best way to handle it, the best way to deal with it, because it's like, 
other people are just seeing the same things that I love about, you know, the area, right? The beauty, the mountains, you know, even, even the culture here, I think is very unique. Right. Um, but at what point do you just say, okay, enough's enough. We're going to cut it off and, and, you know, close the gates, guys, Uh you know, we're going to tighten this up because it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. Well, it's just it's just sad because they're tearing down so many old buildings yeah, that without revitalizing, like the old Ichiban church. Yes. You know, I mean, to have that go down and not even give the public the opportunity to purchase the stained glass windows. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that was was a shame. You know, they put that at $2 million to sell five years ago. Oh. You know, because I looked at it. Dude, I looked. I've been looking, you know, that even though cool space I looked it. at the old Ichiban church because I, I figured that would be easy. It already had a kitchen. It just needed to be updated. You know, the other one was the fifth ward on um, on 3rd West and like 6th South that has the double chapel. That's still above ground. You know, they haven't taken mm-hmm. that down yet. But in order to do anything with it, you need to bring it up to earthquake code. Well, who has the money to do that? You know, like you need to be able to have ways of using these old structures, you know, to to maintain them because we can't lose these old buildings, Yeah. you know, and that's why doing what I'm doing with the Victorian, you know, is kind of befuddling the city council because they're like, well, it's black or white. And I'm like, no, we're taking an old Victorian and we're doing different things. You want us to bring small micro businesses, then we need to be a little more flexible. You gotta think outside them. the box a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because the boxes are changing. Yeah. It isn't the same way of doing business that we did 50 years ago or even five years ago, you know? So I think people need to start saving more of these old buildings and reusing them because they have character and they have life, you know, that we, we can't get back once they're gone. Let's uh, run down the list. How can people get a hold of you if they want to uh, reach out to you or if they want to visit you? What are the best ways to to do that? Your address, social media, stuff like that. All right. So for Cave Cafe, you can find us at 57 South, 600 East. We are a half a block from South Temple by the governor's mansion. And it's an old Victorian. You do not need to ring the doorbell. And to get in, <laughs> just you can come just on come in. on in. And our website is CaveCafeSLC.com. And you can email us at CaveCafeSLC at gmail.com. You can always text me. My number is on everything. It is 801-674-7047. You can come for coffee. You can order baklava. You know, you can, you know, email me through Instagram, you know, Cave Cafe SLC or Facebook. Um, Baklava's accounts are still active. That's Bohemian Baklava. And that's BohemianBaklava.com if you want to look at all of our flavors. And for Divorce Cafe, it's DivorceCafe.org. And we are all in the same location, so it is one-stop shopping. That is Makes awesome. it all easy. Awesome. Anything, uh, either one of you, TJ, uh, or do you want to, yeah, either oh, you want to I'm following Cave Cafe right now on Instagram as we speak. <laughs> and there you go. That's the way to, do you find social media helps you? It is so helpful. Instagram, yeah. you know, I think the thing that has helped me so much is to be as authentic and real as possible on Instagram, you know, because I want them to know me and that has created, you know, family out of followers, you know, where they 
come in and they watch the process. They've watched it unfold and it's almost like they're invested. So Mm -hmm. social media has created this family around Cave Cafe from when we first started to when we are now. You know, I'll have people come in and go... Hey, I heard you can't find Feel It because of the pandemic. Have you checked this store? Because they saw it on yeah. my story. You know, it creates a community within a community. You know, so Instagram has been just a godsend just because people like they're your own cheerleaders. Yeah. You know, if you do it right, social media is the way to go. That's cool. Your audience will find you, but uh, so glad we brought you back on the podcast. Well, so, thanks for having you me know, back. Uh, this will, I think will be episode like 541. So... 141 episodes, episodes later, later, you know, a couple <laughs> years later, find out what you've been up to and, and we'll just have to maybe next time. And we probably said this the last time, but we'll, we should have, uh, came down and recorded at the cafe. That yeah. would have been, that would have been kind of fun to get the ambiance there you go. of all of that. But, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Anytime. We'll, we'll bring you back on down the road. So there you go. All right. Many thanks to uh, Aleph Aiken for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We're going to put links that you can connect with all of her projects, find out more about Cave Cafe and uh, Divorcee Cafe and all of that at IamSaltLake.com slash 541. That's for episode 541. Head on over to the website, connect with her, let her know you heard her on the podcast, and uh, then dig through some of the back episodes and share some of your favorite episodes. Uh, with your family and friends, because that's one of the best ways for this podcast to grow is uh, by sharing the podcast. But uh, anything Definitely. you want to add, TJ, how's your week been, man? Man, it's been it's been crazy, man. Interest rates are going up a little bit. But uh, other than that, we're, I'm staying alive. What about you, man? <laughs> staying alive. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, it's been fun to just even even find homes right now. So, oh, right. I mean, you know, d- definitely the uh, inventory's down. So if anybody is looking to uh, sell their home right now, reach out to me. Uh, 801-244-2908 is my number. If you're looking to uh, maybe move across town into something bigger or smaller, there you go. reach out to uh, me as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully with the warmer weather coming up, we'll see more more homes being listed on the market because I know inventory is crazy right now, crazy low. Make sure you uh, join our Facebook group as well, the I Am Salt Lake community on Facebook. Uh, this is for anybody and everybody, uh, whether you've been on the podcast or haven't been on the podcast, come and join the group and let's talk about Salt Lake City. Uh, TJ and, and I, we're here every week with a brand new episode, so make sure to subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts in and... Uh, We will be music to your ears. There you go. (laughs) All right, you guys, have a great week. Get out and support local, and we'll see you on the next episode of the podcast.